Tom Stretch and Garrett. We're glad you're with us, and we're joined now by NFL Hall of Famer Troy Aikman. Troy, good afternoon. Thanks for your time today. You got it. Glad to be on. Talk a little bit about uh, your work in the NFL. I, when you walk into the stadium, and literally this year with in a lot of situations, there's literally nobody in the stadium. Has that had an effect on how you've approached the broadcast and how you've and how you've dealt with with trying to get jazzed up to to work that ball game? No, not really. I mean, uh, it, it's different. It's different arriving at the stadium because there's no traffic. There's nobody at the stadium. There's no tailgating. There's no one in the stands. And so I get to the stadium about three hours before kickoff. And, and, and that whole part of it is kind of weird to where it just, it feels like it would a scrimmage, you know, like a blue white scrimmage is kind of the feel in the stadium. And, but then once the game gets going, because we're wearing, uh, you know, our headsets and stuff, we've got the crowd noise kind of piped into our headphones. And so it sounds like a regular broadcast to us. We kind of lose track or I do anyway, that, that there's no fans in the in the stands. I, I I wonder how the players do it, quite honestly. And and the but it doesn't seem to be affecting them a whole lot. I've asked a number of guys. They said that at first it was it was awkward. They had to kind of create their own energy amongst themselves. They couldn't obviously feed off the crowd. But uh, but they've got they've gone about it very well. I mean, nobody cares what we go through as broadcasters. But the players, I, I've been impressed with. Uh, with how competitive they've been still. And it's obvious it's still really important to them. Troy, let me ask you this. Uh, Jerry and Steven obviously are going to have to evaluate the Cowboys coaching staff. With all the injuries uh, that they've had to deal with, how do you see that going? How do you see them evaluating these guys? Yeah, I think think it's fair to evaluate. I think that happens, you know, every week, every day, every year, of course. But – as we know, I mean, this is all bets are off, in my opinion, anyway, if I was looking at it. I know that the Joneses were uh, very high on Mike McCarthy when they made the hire. I, I'm on record as saying I thought it was a was a good hire for this football team, for a team that was really built to win now. But without having had the offseason, and I know you can talk to a lot of other teams and point to them and say, well, they didn't have an offseason either, and I, I certainly understand all that, but I think not having the offseason, the time together to really forge those relationships, and then, like you said, Stretch, with all of the injuries that they've had, uh, it's been a lot to try to overcome. I mean, when you're playing your seventh-round pick from James Madison behind a makeshift offensive line, it's uh, it's not going to be very pretty, and, and it hasn't. So I think that when this season's over, I think they'll regroup. I'm I'm certain that Mike McCarthy has learned a lot. He's learned a lot about how the organization operates. You know, he's learned a lot about his players. And I think uh, I think they'll get it straightened out. Who knows? Maybe by the end of this season and uh, within this division, it's anybody's guess. I mean, it was a tough loss to Philadelphia, but uh, there's still a lot of football left the second half of the season and somebody's going to win this division. (laughs) It it just might be your Cowboys, so we'll see. (laughs) And, 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 Troy, I know it hadn't been perfect, but are we underselling what Tom Brady is doing at at, at 43 years – or fixing to be – what he is 43 years old and and, and how he's taken uh, kind of a a different leadership role with what's going on in Tampa? Well, he's – I mean, you look at him, he he hardly looks like he's old enough to shave. I mean, he's kept such great – great uh, condition and the way he goes about it. And I agree. I think that we've kind of taken his longevity 
a little bit for granted. He he has gotten hit a lot this year, and he got hit a, a lot again the other night. But I've talked to these guys, Stretch, and, you know, especially a guy like Tom who came into the league when the rules weren't as protective for the quarterback. It was, you know, he, he was still playing, or he came in when I was still playing. And uh, so he, he has a real understanding, unlike most of these quarterbacks, as to how the game physically was so demanding and punishing before. And now it, it, they're just not getting hit the same way. And so, yeah, when they do get hit, it, it's really not as severe. So they come back from it pretty quickly. So then it becomes, okay, well, can they just keep themselves limber? And, you know, can they still throw the football and do those kinds of things at that position? So I do not think it'll be uh, unusual to see a lot of quarterbacks playing uh, in, the, in, the, in the years ahead up until they're 43, 44, 45 years old. I'm not so sure Tom will be done at 45. I know that's the benchmark that he's always put out in front of himself, but I I wouldn't be surprised if he even goes beyond that. It's it's amazing to think about. And, 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 Troy, let me ask you this. Jason Garrett, they're going to be, you know, five, six openings every year in the NFL. Uh, you look at the job that Jason did in Dallas, and, and, and right now it looks like he did he did a heck of a job. I, I know yeah. he took a lot of criticism for being a 500 football coach, but wouldn't they love to be 500 right now? But do you see Jason being a head coach in the NFL again next year with the openings that, that, that we may see? Um, you know, I don't know if it'll happen next year or not, but I do believe he'll get another shot, and I, and I do believe – you're right that based on the way things have, have unfolded for the Cowboys this year, I think people are now appreciating maybe a little bit more of, of Jason's approach and what he did as a head coach. But, you know, there was talk that he might sit out this year and not coach and then maybe wait on a head, head coaching opportunity. I, I thought he made the right decision in, in going to New York. Unfortunately, they lost their best player, but you know, we had the Giants last Thursday night against uh, – uh, or two Thursday nights ago now, I guess, against the Eagles. And I thought he called a good game then, and I thought he called a good game last night. And in, and there was one other game I watched him uh, where they were outmanned, and I thought he did a good job. And so he's having to overcome quite a bit as well on the offensive side of the ball, and yet I think he's done a good job. But I think the fact that the Giants are just struggling and they're struggling offensively that – you know, now Mike McCarthy got the head job in Green Bay when San Francisco had finished their season as the worst football team offensively in the league. So anything can happen. But my guess is he's probably another year or two away. Troy Garrett Ross here. What are your thoughts on the emergence of analytics in the NFL? You know, it's a great question, and it's uh, it's really become as much a part of our sport as it has baseball. And and I've had a chance over the years to talk to Joe Buck about it because of him being so closely tied to baseball as a broadcaster. And it's, uh, I I think it's, it's a great tool is, is how I would say it. And I think there is a role for analytics. I I think you're, I don't think you're being smart if you don't at least know what the analytics are saying, but I think to just go off of analytics and not many are doing it that way, but a few are, I, I, you know, even, even Doug Peterson, who's probably about as, pro analytics as anyone uh he doesn't follow the book of analytics every single decision uh but i think that you've got to understand the flow of the game momentum you know who's in the game you know it could say hey you need to go for it here on fourth and two uh you know inside the 30 yard line but 
if you've got an injury at, at an offensive line position and you can't block the guy across the ball from you, then it, it doesn't really much matter what analytics might say. And so I think those things have to be put into consideration, and I, and I believe that they are. You get to see a lot of teams in person week to week. Is there anybody who stood out to you for better or worse uh, that's just surprised you this season? Uh, I think offhand, not not that I can think of off the top of my head. I, I think that, you know, the team that has drawn the most interest, and, and you know, we touched on it with Stretch, is uh, is Tom Brady, and he's become the kind of the ratings machine for us at Fox. I mean, uh, he, he's – He's the one who's uh, who's moving the needle for us, and yet I think that them, I think they're a good football team. I think they're really talented, and and I don't think they've played their best football. I, I know they haven't on the offensive side of the ball, and I think they'll continue to get better. and uh, And so if they can if they can hit their stride offensively, uh, I think they've got a real shot because there's not many teams in our league any longer that are that are really good on offense and defense and, and they're good on both. Um, and, and so it, it kind of brings me back to back when in the nineties, when stretch and I were together in Dallas, I have a lot of, you know, a lot of people will say, well, yeah, well, no wonder the Cowboys won because they were, you know, they were great on offense and they were great on defense. How could you not win? Well, most teams, the, the, the top teams, the top 10 teams in the NFL during those years, the giants, the Redskins, the Eagles, the, uh, the 49ers, the Packers, I mean, you name them, they were all good on offense and they were all really good on defense. It was the way that the league was constructed, and that's just not the case anymore. Most teams are having to kind of decide what side of the ball are they going to really invest their resources into. And, uh, and that's why I say Tampa Bay is one of the few teams that, that's pretty solid on both sides. Troy, I want to ask you one more quick question, and, and, and I'm just thinking about this out loud. If you were to go build an offense, the old – the old mentality was you kind of built from the front back. It, 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 has that changed? Do you see the league saying, "Hey, boy, we better have one big, we better have one snake safety, we better have one shutdown corner, and then we can go put some guys around him"? Or do you think, do you think guys are still saying we got to have that pass rusher? Yeah, that's a. Uh, I st- I think the pass rusher has always been important. I think it's more important in our game today because of the fact that it's a passing league. But, Stretch, when I look around the league right now at the top teams, the top offensive teams, or at least maybe uh, the top running teams and the teams that I really gravitate towards and that I think have it going and playing really good football, they're, they're, they're teams like the Rams, the 49ers when they're healthy. I see it from Green Bay. They're a little beat up right now as well. But I see it from the teams that are, that are more under center. I think the league is starting to work its way back from a shotgun uh, formation league to now going back to some things underneath center, because I think it pulls into play the play action game, a, m- a much uh, bigger package of, of being able to run the football. And, and so I, I still believe that you, now they're not developing the offensive linemen in college, the way that they once did. It's hard. It's hard to build an offensive line. That's why, what Dallas was able to do, it's one thing to draft. There's a lot of teams who have drafted guys, number one, that haven't turned out at all. But Dallas hit on all their number one picks uh, at, in the offensive line. I still think that's what you have to do. And the, the, the teams that are successful, are, are, you take even New Orleans. 
they're, they're not as much under center as, as what I was talking about with these other teams, but they've got a really solid offensive line. And I still think that's the foundation. And I think that you can never have enough pass rushers and you can never have enough cover corners. But uh, the, the finding them, that, that, that's the challenge, and it's not easy to do. Well, listen, I, I appreciate you taking time on a Tuesday, Troy, to jump on with us, and I appreciate your friendship. We're going we're gonna to let you run, brother. I appreciate you. Thanks again for jumping on. You got it, Stretch. I miss you, buddy. I right, miss you too, man. Be good. There he goes, Troy Aikman.